Hi everyone, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're going to be talking about Black Crypt. Awesome. Yeah. I used to live there. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> Is that was that the other name of it? Was, it was down, down in Huntington. No, oh, no, yeah. no. It was Black Crypt. It I used was, to hang out there, man. What's the blackest crypt you've ever been in? <sighs> that was probably it, yeah. Mm, it was yeah. no good. Actually, Chad's old apartment in Huntington, it, the building has been torn down. <laughs> we were just talking about it the other night. So that place, it had bugs in it the size of, of a cough, and wow. it was a massive bug. Wow. Yeah, no good. Well, before we get into that, uh, we've got a couple a couple big things to talk about. Number one big thing is that uh, by the time you hear this, which is going to be on, I think this episode is going to be released on Monday, December 3rd. Yeah. Um, Voting will be open for the Amigos Best of 2018 category. So every year, uh, we look back at the games that we've uh, reviewed over the 2018 we calendar year. Adam. No! And uh, we choose the best and the worst of them. And we want you at home to play along too. So I'll have a, uh, a link in the show notes and a link on all of our social media and Discord where you can go and you can vote for your favorite and least favorite titles of the year. And for our big New Year's Eve show, in addition to our yearly predictions, we'll also unveil the winners of the best of categories. I'd like to... Uh... Uh, to mention that the, I think the last few years has been a voting issue because games that are awesome have been somehow getting put in the crap category. <laughs> and I'll use Star Control Two or Star Control One and uh, the Three Stooges as examples of where the something the voting the wires got crossed. So vote more better. Okay, okay. Uh, I also want to thank um, our buddies Laurent Giroux. And uh, Gary and Andrea Hucker. The Hucks. Uh, the Huck and they Huck both contributed to the Send Amigos to Ireland uh, fundraiser that we're doing. You know, Amiga Ireland is less than two months away. Man. And uh, it is, uh, and we are halfway to the goal. Uh, and uh, so thank you so much to everyone that's, that's donated, but especially to Laurent. It's very kind. And Gary and Andrea. Thank you so much for that. And you're going to rep us. On the Emerald Isle. I'm going to rep us so hard. It's it's the Ireland may never recover. They may send me to Craggy Island after now, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm not. I, I, I have a concern mm. about, about this trip because I can't accompany you on this trip. You sound like my wife. I know, and and, and she's not going. Either. She's not coming. And the concern is that you will after the uh, you will land on on the beautiful the beautiful uh, uh, Emerald Isle, and then. You will leave the beautiful Emerald Isle, and in between that time, you will be laid out drunk at the airport. <laughs> You've got to promise me with a pile of Amigos cards like laying on you. You know, please, please promise me that this will not end up in a horrible drunken. I promise affair. I will not start drinking until I reach the site of Amiga Ireland. Fair then enough. all bets are off. That's all, right. all you can ask. All right, Aaron, it's time. I hear the train a coming. Get on board, little children. It's the gamble train. Little children. <laughs> Good God! What's it rolling into the station with this week, Aaron? Well, the gamble train—it's only about three cars deep this week, folks. <laughs> but don't worry, our our uh, website somehow attached twenty more cars to that train. <laughs> so it, it was a—it was a not a huge news week, but. Mm. Uh, but with the holidays here, that tends to happen. However, there was some interesting news. So. First off, let's talk about the legend, the man himself, the dream catcher. Mm, the gangster from Manchester. He's a gangster from Manchester. You can't make it work, though, mm -hmm. can you? Um, I saw a headline for this article, and I, I turned off the computer and walked away. <laughs> the, entitled, I thought by now you'd realize there ain't no way to hide your lion eyes. And this is his... Uh, uh, Look at the Lion King, the game. Now we we just talked about Aladdin a while back. Mm -hmm. This is another Disney right uh, property. Now you know this is an I've not seen this one either. You know you've never seen the Lion I've never King? seen the Lion King. Wow. Have you seen other Lion movies? I have because you made it I've sound like the, there was... I've seen the Lion of Witch in the Wardrobe. I've seen Paper Lions. Uh, is that the football movie? It is. It had Alan right. Alda in it. Uh, I've seen. Uh, I'm trying to think about anything else. I've seen that had Lion in it. I think that may cover it. Okay. Uh, but I've not seen The Lion King. And so the game looks great. I'm mm -hmm. just, I've never really played the game either. It looks awesome. And, of course, uh, you could tell by the name, by the title here that uh, uh, the DK man uses his own 
a wacky a brand of comedy as he goes through these games. It looks good though. Now you've had, you've played the game or seen the flick? Anything? I've seen the I've seen the movie. I've uh-huh. played the game. I've not played it on the Amiga. Uh huh. And what did you think? It's very competent. Very competent very platformer. Competent. That's yeah. the best you can give it. Eh? <laughs> the Lion King, and it's it's as timeless today's headlines because they are remaking the Lion King 100% CGI. Why? Because it's going to make a buttload of money. Do you know what the top grossing musical is almost every year on Broadway? Is it? Uh, it's The Lion no. King. I was going to say Rent. No, no. it's not Rent. <laughs> what about Cats? Oddly that enough, one's still around? Cats did much better than Rent did. How about Rocky Horror Picture Show? Is it, I don't is know it, if that was ever on Broadway. That was more of an off-Broadway deal. It was a Roxy music. So, anyway, if you're into The Lion King, or you're just into the Dreamcatcher, and you should be, Go check that out. He's he's his stuff's always good. Um, okay, hey, listen, it's another week, so you know what that means. It's another release from Amiga J. Oh man, he just they don't stop. And uh, Amiga J unofficial release, gray area, gray area <laughs> alert. Remember when I said I'd never say that again? Wrong. <laughs> and then you resumed saying it every week thereafter. This week I promise to never lie. <laughs> so uh, this is the unofficial CD32 release, the Ultimate Lemmings Collection. But what do we got on here in the Ultimate Lemmings Collection? Do you see a list of what's, what is represented here? You know, they didn't. Uh, the entire Amiga Lemmings library on one disc contains six, all six, Can you name all Lemmings six? So releases. There's, there's Lemmings. There's Lemmings Tribes. There's probably Lemmings Christmas 2, Lemmings. Christmas Lemmings. Also, if you look here, it also comes with the playable demos, all the PD games. All the music and all the demos and a slideshow. Yeah, so the, the official the official list still yet unknown to us, because even when I click on the, well, <laughs> on the it's source got, page... It does, you don't have to list it when you've gotten them all. I guess that's true. That's it. It's got all the Lemmings Very games. True. So if you're in the Lemmings, this is your baby. And who's not in the Lemmings? I love Lemmings. Me too. I think they're, I think they're great. So um, one last little item before we get into the swath of, of the crap that we've put up this week. Uh, just want to touch up on this. Our good and dear friends over at Indie Retro News have uh, announced, uh, made the announcement for these fellows that Heroes of Gorluth, the game that has been uh, in production for quite a while, uh, is now available for pre-order. The people making this are an outfit called Amy Works, uh, spelled cool guy style. Mm -hmm. W-E-R-K-Z? No, W-O-R-X. Oh, other cool guy style. Much cooler than what you said. (laughs) These guys were behind, uh, these guys are the ones making uh, the tales of uh, Gorluth here, or heroes of Gorluth. This is the, I guess this is the third game in the series that did tales of Gorluth and tales of Gorluth 2. Wow. So, hey, you gotta do heroes of Gorluth. Uh, this thing will be coming to your ECS, um, uh, 68020 2 megabyte Amiga. Uh, and you can either you can get that or you can get it as a box CD32 version, CD-ROM, and eventually you'll be able to get a digital download. Uh, so it should be nice. Uh, uh, they're asking, I believe that is $19.99 a euro, mm-hmm. which in American money, what, buck, buck 50? Yeah, I'm here on the page now. It looks like it's available in both the, the just the, if you want the plain Jane CD32-ROM, looks like they're selling it for $16.80. So maybe they've, yeah. they've lowered the price since they gave this store well, to Maybe that doesn't come with a box. Oh, okay. You know, like That's that. true. That kind of now, they do have the Mega Pack available, which gives you all three Gorluth titles and free shipping for only twenty nine forty. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever uh, played any of the World of Goraluth series? Boy, you know, I'd sure like to. We need to, we might have to hop in on this one. Yeah. And, and, and throw some dough over there and give the Goraluth games a chance. Uh, hey, new games on the Amiga, it's a good thing. Absolutely. Keep them coming. I, I, I'm happy as, I'm, I'm pleased as punch, as they say. So, Boat, I'm going to throw it over to you to cover the stuff that we've done this week. What do you got? So over the past uh, week... Boats went bonkers. There's been a lot of stuff going on. Um, You know, (laughs) I I, I had uh, some time off uh, two weeks ago, and so I spent almost a full day down in Amigo Studios um, just playing games and having a blast. It was wonderful. You've been living the dream. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I discovered that I really like making port comparisons. Um, <laughs> wow. Oh, for a second there, I was I like to make pornos. What's no. all your... That, that's a that's that's Amigo Studios <laughs> that's, North. That's, that's exactly what it's like. It's like I thought I really liked to make porn. I was like... 
comparisons. Oh, thank God. So uh, I've done uh, several for the Amiga. Amiga versus SNES versions of SimCity you can check out. Um, Screw you, SNES. I've done uh, Amiga versus Mega Drive, Altered Beast. Uh, You can check that out. You did this just to spite me, didn't you? Yeah. (laughs) Um, We also released uh, a a new insert disc, too, where we talk about uh, just a bunch of nonsense. What did we talk Uh, about? We talked about the free Xbox 360s deal at GameStop. When, yeah, that, did, when that did, was going did you know on, did anybody got in on that game? Oh yeah! Um, in fact, there were some people that uh, commented on our video. That, that did you that get got you it. one? I did not get one because I racked my brain trying to think of a reason I could use one, and I could not find doorstop it. paperweight. Yeah, expensive <laughs> so, CD player. Even at free, I had to turn it down. What if does it come with the uh, additional HD DVD attachment? Oh, if only. Then I'd Man. be on board. Uh, and finally, uh, we talked. We did um, a. Uh, this is, I guess, I don't know what we call this. It's just an extra video. We were talking about the PC Classic. Um, and uh, this is 30 games you, that we demand Demanded. must be on the new PC Classic system. So, uh, Aaron, you came up with this list mostly on your own because you're much more of a DOS gamer than I am. And I must say that you came up with some great suggestions. Thank you. Um, I hope that the Mercurys of PC Classic take this video to heed. They don't want to uh, get on my bad side. I'll tell you something else. I got a... Uh, a list sent over to our by our good friend, the Vebsky, the Vebkey, mm-hmm. Graham Vebkey, and he had sent me his list of thirty. And there was some, there was quite a bit of uh, similarity, but he picked out some some that I really liked, uh, and and his list was awesome. So if you if you have a list that you'd like to submit, I'd love to see it. You know, send give them the email, boat. Uh, the email is John at amigospodcast.com. Let us know. Hit us up. Yeah. And or even if it's not thirty, it's like ten or five or your favorite game. I love to hear that stuff and we'll Yeah. Uh, and talk don't about don't it be afraid to just leave a comment on the uh, on the YouTube video too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Fired up. That way everyone can see it. I had a lot of fun looking through the old uh, DOS games. Like I said, I was not I mean, I did play a lot of DOS games, but that's what's called what I had. It's not like you know, uh, but uh, um uh what really spurred us on to making that, which is because I, I felt bad that people were making fun of this little thing. It's ridiculous. People, Some people grew up playing uh, ColecoVision, and some people grew up playing Nintendo. And everyone, it's okay for everyone to look back nostalgically on the th- games they played. There's no reason to make fun of them. Right. I mean, heck, if they had a Fairchild Channel F uh, 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 mini, hey... It's still fun. It's fun for them. So yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. Um, and there's much, much more on our on our YouTube channel, including a new pole position hack for the Atari 8-bit, uh, a playthrough of Stunt Car Racer for the, the new port that just came out for the 8-bit. But Aaron, I How want you... How was that? Did you like that? Oh, it's freaking fantastic. Really? How did it compare with the Amiga version? It rivals the Amiga version. You, that, those, are, those are heady words. Yes, there. they are. And I think that they've, they've gone all out on this. I mean, the speed is there. The graphics. I mean, this game was never a real looker to begin with, which helps it in the realm of the Atari. I'm guessing they got that extra speed by using the same background and foreground graphics on the track. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's but not going to... I mean, I'll tell you, aside from that, it looks very similar, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. It's running very similar, yeah, too. It, it? Yeah, and all of the screens are there. It's all the stuff that you it expect. Looks, it looks It looks very good. Yeah, I'm yeah. So impressed. definitely check that out if you're a fan of Stunt Car Racer yeah. or the Atari 8-bit. Um, and uh, finally... Aaron, why don't you talk about this week's ARG Presents? What did you guys get into this week? Oh, yes. Uh, so this week, we took a step out into the unknown. And oh, this is actually one of the few weeks where Brent had a lot more knowledge about these things. I we did a show on the Game & Watch, the Nintendo Game & Watch. Uh, and we had a lot of fun. We This week, since the Game & Watch games are a little simple, we picked two games each, mm-hmm. total of four, and uh, just had fun with it. Uh, uh, Brent really... Uh, knocks out of the park. He picks a couple really unusual titles. I picked a couple more conventional titles, and uh, we just sat down and had a lot of fun with it. That was a, it, we had a real good show. We really enjoyed it. Uh, coming up, uh, the next go around, we're going to be doing games on the beloved Sega 32X. I can't wait. And we've picked a couple doozies, I think, and so we'll have a lot of fun with that. And again, I actually have a 32X. I'm going to drag it out. And uh, and throw it on the desk there, but we, yeah, we're looking forward to it. But yeah, if you're into Game and Watch or just want to, you know, see what that stuff looked like, some of that stuff. I mean, even by our standards, that's you know, you probably didn't ever get to play with a Game Watch in your early days. Did you? I've never once played with a Game and Watch ever in my life. Oh, really? When I was in Japan, I'm surprised. Uh, I drooled over the Game and Watch selection that they had over at Super Potato. 
the world's greatest retro gaming store. You know, in wrestling, in Super Taylor, I mean, you just a mega, mega punch to the face, right? Um, but uh, they are—they were very expensive. Oh very yeah, expensive. I, I, I can I can imagine. Yeah, I love your versus videos. They're a lot of fun. I wish there was some way we could compare the uh, Commodore 64 version of Blue Max with the Amiga version, but they didn't make one. Boy, I'm never ever going to get over it. That's a great idea. You might see something like that coming up soon. Yeah, yeah. If we if they made one, if, if, we'll we'll just have to <laughs> wait. They need and to see. make one. We'll have to wait and see. It's kind of like we were talking about Mate One for a second. Mate, they don't need that. I, I got Mate One from the library uh, with James Earl Jones. Hey, before, is that a good film? I've never seen it. Really? No. I've never seen it. Before we continue, let's talk about this uh, fine fine uh, beverage here. So yeah, this is the last of the summer wine. This is the last of the great, great whiskey that Graham Vebke sent over to us. Um, uh, probably, it was probably a year ago. He probably sent it over for Christmas last year. It so. was great. So this is for you, Graham. There you go. Salud. Thank you. And with that, Aaron, it's time to dive in, dive down, and dive deep. All right. Now, into the Black Crypt. I'm going to tell you, uh, Boat, uh, Boat, so this is one of those games that I've heard about for years, but I just never got around to trying. Uh, and uh, in full disclosure, this is a game, this is another one of the games that requires probably, you would need definitely more than a week to get real far in it, a week at a time, but we both had a good hard go at it. In fact, that you actually uploaded, which you should mention, that you actually uploaded your playthrough, one of your little play attempts at this. And so, if you're a little play, do you, can you be any more denigrating? Have Poe uploaded his epic, manly performance. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> at, Affirmation, at baby. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize I thought, I didn't even agree there was there. nothing effeminate about my Black Crypt playthrough. Let me make that clear. There's a little bitty, bitty playthrough. <laughs> so, now, uh, uh, Black Crypt released in, uh, actually it was released March 20th of 1992. Odd that we get an exact date like that. Yeah, sometimes you get them. Uh, or I remember to run them down. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I even got the price for this one. Uh, 25 pounds and 99p. Okay. Which in American money, that's a buck fifty. I don't know what it is. Do you know what that is? I don't know. I don't know. So it's probably about 40 bucks. Yeah. Right? So, and this came out in three discs. And now published by Electronic Arts, but developed by an outfit called Raven. Now, uh, do you recall hearing of Raven in the in the past, in your past, Boat? Uh, boy, he was in the WCW, wasn't not, he? Not that, no. Oh. What about me? But no, not him. Oh, okay. No, no. This is Raven, the, the Raven software. So now you're not a PC gamer, so maybe, but it, it's somehow, it's a funny how this dovetails with our 30 games we demand. Uh, Raven software is a, is a gaming app, but they're still around. And this was their first title ever. That was uh, Black Crypt. They've been around since 1990. Uh, it was founded by two brothers, Brian and Steve Raffle. And guess where they're from? England? Wrong. Oh. Middleston, Wisconsin. Wow. Okay. USA. This was a game made in the USA. Stunningly. A rare thing for the Amiga. It was. So that right there got my attention. Uh, so <coughs> these guys, and this is, I love this story. In fact, the story is probably better than the game. <laughs> the game's good. So the two brothers here were, uh, they were doing, they were basically both in the art field. Mm -hmm. Okay. And but also, they were both uh, they both played Dungeons and Dragons in a group, you know, the the role playing game, the pen and paper game, and so and they played all the big modules, and they decided they thought they could write up. They I guess they wrote a module they liked, and decided they thought they could make it into a game. Okay, and so they got a hold of some programmers and formed Raven Software, basically, and uh, then and this was their game. <clears throat> uh, this game. Uh, was the springboard for their future success. This was the only game that they ever did on the Amiga. There's no other games and on the Amiga from Raven Software. And these guys, really no one, what, the only person I could find that worked on this game that also worked on anything else, there was, there was the guy that did the sound effects worked on one other game. Okay. So that's it. So think about that. So but these guys went on to do other stuff for oh, other yes. platforms. Oh, right? yes, absolutely. So um, they did a, quite a bit of stuff that you may have heard of. So... 
eventually, they moved on to work on the PC, and w- some of their early games for the PC include Heretic and Hexen. Have you ever heard of those? No. You, oh yeah, I've heard of Hexen before. These are games. These are like first-person shooters. That's right. right? Well, but they're but the magical. Uh, yeah, like first-person hack and slash. Right. Deal. They were also known to they they their offices back in the day were right down the street from from ID Software, and they would actually work with those guys. Oh. And they actually used the Quake uh, engine. Uh, for uh, one of their games. And eventually, these guys took over development of the Quake franchise. Wow. In 2009. From humble beginnings. Uh, and so, they all... Now, so eventually, some of the games they released for uh, on the, in the Wolfenstein series didn't do that well, so they ended up being uh, picked up by Activision. So, get this. <laughs> um, what do they do now? Oh, they do pretty good. Amongst the things they did, by the way, was Star Wars Jedi Knight 2... All right, they did Star Wars Jedi Academy, and now that they, what they do is they're basically an assistant studio to the Call of Duty franchise. Holy cow! So they're actually doing the Call of Duty, uh, um, like they're basically doing some of the. They're I probably, I'm assuming they're doing some of the day to day like programming stuff needed to help out on the Call of Duty games because there's another main studio that does the bulk of them. But these guys have done a lot of stuff now. Uh, if you've ever played Quake or, I mean, not, excuse me, if you ever played Hexen or Heretic, uh, you will know that it, it makes perfect sense that they would come from this studio because effectively, uh, Heretic is a lot like a, a, a Doom version of this game. Uh, you, have, you have magic, I believe you can pick, a, 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 it's one person, but you can... Uh, you can pick a class, I believe, as I recall, and you and you go through a dungeon. It's, if you think about the 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 uh, viewpoint you've got in this game, and you just the natural progression to a doom like, you know, the, it looks sort of similar. It's kind of like that dark, uh, you know, that dark medieval sort of feel to it. Mm-hmm. And Hexen was a very popular game, and so was Heretic back in the day. And it got ported to a bunch of consoles and a bunch of, you know, PC. Uh, so these guys went on to have really big careers, and again, they were. They were picked up by uh, Activision eventually, and so they, they're under the umbrella of those guys. But still, I thought that was kind of interesting that they would go on to do something so amazing. Um, the guys that they got to work on this were actually quite impressive. Uh, they used a special uh, um, they used a special graphics routine in this to uh, to uh, to get the look of it. It was called Extra Half-Bright Mode. And what that... <laughs> it allowed for a user-defined palette of 32 colors, and then the mode provided an additional 32 colors because of the, of the way it worked. And again, I'm not a programmer, but so what this allowed them to do is... Uh, and again, them, I say the studio, not the brothers, since they, I don't think they were actually doing the programming, uh, but they basically let this game have more colors on the screen than you would normally see in, in, in an Amiga game mm-hmm. like this. And so... Uh, that gives it a little more detail, and as, as you go through this game, you see statues or engravings and walls or whatnot, and they look a little a little tighter than you would normally expect. That's because they're using this special mode. And again, I, I'm guessing I don't know what all, how many games use this mode, but it looks good. I mean, uh, so the overall look of the game I thought was pleasing. Yeah. So let's t- let's go ahead and finish up the particulars here. What is this game? Um, this game is in the uh, tradi- and there's no secret that this game was modeled off of Dungeon Master. If you've ever played that game or uh, Dungeon Master Two, or it's very similar to an Eye of the Beholder. Uh, you are are you are tasked with going into this into a dungeon with a party of adventurers, and and in a from a how would you explain the perspective on this? Exactly? It is a it is a first person perspective. Right, it's a first person perspective with. In the in one in one part of the screen, and then the rest of the screen is devoted to like right. So you've got I'd say uh, just oh, I'd say maybe um, maybe three eighths of the screen is uh, or no probably five eighths of the screen is is your actual field of view, and then the rest of the screen is you've got your your party members, their statistics, your inventory, uh, your spells, all of that stuff. So the actual viewing area of the world around you is quite small in this title. Yeah. Um, so the gimmick on this game, the plot, um, the player is, is given the uh, task of uh, you basically make. There are no pre-made characters. You make your own character, which is cool. Uh, you get you get to make four characters. You get to pick what they look like. Now it's not like there's a ton of options, but there are options, mm-hmm. which is unusual. And then you get to assign points to their statistics. Yeah, so it's very true to its D and D roots. It is. I mean, it's the, obviously they. 
they monkeyed around with some D and D like rules to, to come up with this. But they're, it, yes, it, it's very similar. And so uh, once you do that, you you are off on this adventure. Uh, you uh, your goal is to defeat the evil uh, Estoroth Pain Giver. Mm. How about that? A powerful cleric that has been banished to the Black Crypt for committing unspeakable acts. Probably giving pain, I would. Think. I would. Well, that wouldn't help. Uh, the guilds of the of the country of Astira believe Estoroth is attempting to unseal his crypt, and they send your four heroes in to stop him for good. That's the gimmick behind this. Um, so, if you're familiar with Eye of the Beholder or Dungeon Master, you'll be right at home here. Uh, this is a game with a with your patented sort of Amiga inventory system for a game like this. You see stuff on the screen, you can drag it down. You can you, you, there are uh, boxes you can drag uh, for your characters. You know to, to uh, put all the stuff in there. Uh, the uh, uh, the the combat's interesting in this. In that once you've got your character armed with whatever you choose, and you actually set the part, marching order and everything, mm-hmm. which I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you go to the dungeon, when you see a bad guy, you basically click on your character's face, right, and that activates what and the weapon. And you swing your weapon, right? Right. Uh, the uh, uh, if you're using one of the mages back, a mage or, or a magic person, well, then you'll open up a scroll mm-hmm. or a spell book and cast. It's actually pretty good. There's a lot of there's a lot going on uh, in terms of uh, uh, inventory. Uh, management. This is the part where I'm not as good as I should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, uh, you could put there. You, you literally load up your character with armor, shields, arrows, whatnot. Uh, and it's neat the way that they do the equipping too, because you actually see the item in question, and you click and you drag it onto your body, well, um, or onto a representation of your. It body. is neat with a butt, and the butt is you spend a lot of time. Uh, Jacking around. I mean, I spent uh, that's the unending amount of time moving weapons around. And something this game has, you've got three stats. You've got hit points. I believe one is one food, and water. So this is one of those games where you have to eat and drink. Mm-hmm. All right, I hate that. Mm-hmm. It's a pain. And so you've got to keep. And so you'll eventually, if you don't have food or water, you'll start dying, and you start looking for food. And so when you're when you're going th- and these dungeons. Uh, Admittedly, I'll come out and say I only got to the second dungeon, the second level, and they are very uh, tough to get around. Now, does the game fix, feature auto mapping? Yes, it does with a but, and the but is you have to have it's a spell. Mm-hmm. It's very clever, isn't it? Yeah. Both mm-hmm. that way, but even with the uh, the map, it's not the easiest place to navigate. Uh, you can use, in fact, I found this out well into the game that you could use the keyboard to navigate because I just kept using the mouse to click the little arrows. Oh, yeah. So that made it particularly loathsome to get through. Uh, but you can also use uh, the the numpad mm-hmm. or, or or whatnot to, to to move around, which that makes it a lot easier. Uh, the graphics are solid. The sound is good. I liked it. I mean, what you're going to be looking at often, often, because I went ahead and looked to watch some of the gameplay in this, is the same tile set over and over and over. And so if you like looking at large blocks or different colored blocks, this is a game for you. Just off the top of your head, when you first start playing, give me your thoughts. I hate this game. Wow. Wow. I didn't expect that. Go ahead. Vent. Um, this game, and it's, it's not this game in particular. It's this style of game where you see about three feet in front of you you're trapped in this dungeon where all the walls look the same. You, Unless you have auto mapping or you're making your own map on a piece of graph paper. That's what I did. <laughs> you immediately get lost. Um, this yeah. is just not the kind of... I know that people love these games. People love Eye of the Beholder. But to me, mm-hmm. this is about the least compelling experience you can have with a video game. Wow. Well, I, I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, and I'll tell you why. And I can understand your perspective. Um, and this game, and I'll, I'm going to give this game some credit and some props. And when I did my research, of course, I same thing I always do. I play the game, and then I go looking for research and figure what's going on. Well, this game actually was c- very cunning. And in the back of the book 
for this. They, they actually include the map. I did see that. I, I had a PDF of the instructions. <laughs> and so, because uh, I mapped a good, I mapped most of it before I realized that there was a spell you could get that would map. Uh, and so I mapped a lot of it on on graph paper. I had some old graph paper from my D and D days, and and I will admit uh, that is one thing I don't miss about these games is graphing them. And now sometimes it's fun, but the maps in this are real wacky and convoluted, and they're not cool. They're not pretty, and mm-hmm. they're not. They're just kind of a big. You would never build something this way, right? No one would ever tunnel something that looked like yeah, this. Yeah, and so. And, but what's really tough is when you're scribbled on your map and then you hear something attacking you and then you have to start throw your stuff down. Uh, and and uh, that I didn't like that. But I mean, that's, that's par for the course on these sort of games. Sure. And l- let me tell you something else. Um, you know, this is a computerized representation of a dungeon crawl in a role-playing game. Would you agree with that? This is literally based on this guy's module for D&D. Right. Yeah. Now, I love role-playing, mm-hmm. okay? But a key component to role-playing is social interaction between the game master, the characters, and myself. You get none of that in this game. You get no flavor text in the game telling you stuff. You get, I mean, like, you can read what's in the book. Well, you but, can read. There are runes and stuff and riddles you can read on the wall. Okay, so yeah, I, there, there, there is some of that stuff. But you don't, you know, your characters don't interact with each other. And I realize that that's... That's par for the course in these games. But to me, if you're going to make, you know, role-playing to me, half of the fun of role-playing, no. 90% of the fun of role-playing is why you're going through the dungeon and you're beating the baddies is sticking it to the guy that, that you know, that, that, that rolled a one, you know, or rejoicing when you crit or whatever. And you get none of that, you get none of that emotion in this game. It's, it's just, it strikes me as very cold and very sort of, um, I don't know, sterile in a way. What games do give you that in video game format? Well, I don't think that, you know, game... That's why I don't like this genre. That's why I don't like the let's turn a role-playing game, like a traditional role-playing game, into a video game. I don't think that's good. That's not something that I enjoy playing. Let's turn back the clock for a minute so I can make a point. All right. This game came out in, uh, I think it was 92, okay, Uh, when D&D was real hot still, and... Uh, when you were at home and you had no one to play with, um, this game was a, a pleasant alternative to nothing. Uh, I would rather pleasant. I would rather read a fantasy novel. Well, it's not the same. This game lets you advance characters; they level up. You make decisions on marching orders. You literally make the character. You name the character. So you have an investment in the characters as much as you would in. in I mean, I can't think of any of these games where it's. You know, more in depth, I and mean, this is a point in history where it's not like the, uh, uh, it's not like there are any games where the all the characters in your party were interacting or anything. That just wasn't that wasn't well, part of the game. Hired guns, there was interaction between the. Characters. Well, I mean, I'm just saying this this that's a whole different type of game. Not really, though. Not this really. game. This is your straight up, and and part of this thing is you've got to understand. I, I know the sameness of the of the levels, and I'll give you that. And I mentioned it myself, but. Uh, this sort of travel in a game was fairly new. It and wasn't, it was, though. It was quite impressive. Look at Wizardry. You know, Wizardry came out in, like, 1982. But it, this looks a lot better than Wizardry. This plays uh... better. This plays a lot better than that. This game, I, I thought the systems were, as, as much as I complain about the uh, inventory, I thought it, it, they did a pretty good job of making it fairly simple to get to, to use. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. I thought clicking on your character to fight was okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, these combats are in real time. It's not mm-hmm. like your uh, Final Fantasy or something where you sit back and, you know, you've got turn, right. turn-based. Right, um, How many games back in these days had any sort of mapping feature at all? I thought that was pretty nice. Uh, for for a game in this genre, I think that there are a lot of great features that they did to streamline things and to make things easier for the player. For I sure. mean, here's I, I wrote down what they had, what this thing, this little stuff it shipped with. This is on the box, okay? You've got uh, the again the half bright colors, which that, graphically I think it looks good. Digitized sound effects and music. I think the music's good when you hear it. When uh, did you hear the music? The opening, exactly? the opening okay. screen is awesome. Okay, because after that, I didn't hear a whole lot. It of says here, intelligent monsters. Each creature will charge, flee, and even ambush your party. That's true. It is I, they, true. They did ambush me. They mm-hmm. did charge me, and they also fleed. Uh, auto mapping, twenty levels, right? Fifty spells and spell effects. There were a ton. 
Plus, they had the mundane stuff in there that I like. They've got your dispel and read magics and stuff like that that you can use. That made it feel, I mean, it made every member of your party useful. You had your magic user, your cleric. They were healing. And it, that, I like that. That, that. I like the angle that that took. I mean, it's cool to have the spells. The spells work cool. Uh, you can use them right away on the first level. You find stuff you can use them on. Uh, so you get your feet wet and the whole, and the whole spell. You find lots of scrolls and, and whatnot. So I like that. This is, it only appeared on the Amiga, so this is an Amiga exclusive, which is cool. Uh, and uh, you've got, like I said, you've got an underwater level, which was pretty un unheard of back in the day for this sort of game. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it looked you know, good. I thought it played I, good. I, I, think, I think I could get over everything about this game if it wasn't for the uh, perspective. I think to me that's the, I, if this game were a uh, sort of Fargoal type, you know, top-down, roguelike sort of thing, I would be much more apt to enjoy it. I just can't get over <laughs> not being able to see more than a couple feet in front of you and constantly feeling like you're turning around lost because every screen looks exactly this the same. This sounds like before. micro machines. <laughs> it's my same problem with that. You only see a few feet in front of you. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I understand what you mean. Um, it's It's... Technical limitations of the era. Sure, you know, if you want to make a first-person game at this time, this is what you'd have to do. And I, um, I don't think this game has the sound. I will say uh, when I compare this to like Island Beholder One, which is which I'm going to, um, I think Island Beholder One probably looks not quite as nice, but the sound I think is a lot better. I think that's why Island Beholder strong suits. Um, I think party and inventory use in this is a lot easier than it is in that. Uh, so, I mean, they're very comparable. Uh, I know in the second level of this, uh, there was a creature I couldn't kill. Well, I found out you need a special weapon to kill him, which that I didn't know about. Uh, but the creatures in this look, the ones I saw, and then I watched the video to kind of brush up, they look cool. Uh, you know, they, they're yeah, interesting. Sure. The effects, the visual effects on the screen for like uh, 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 magical barriers mm -hmm. and, and spells nice. and stuff look nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can understand. Listen, these games aren't for everyone, and, yeah. and I, I fall in and out of love with it myself, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. But I think, as far as this genre of game mm -hmm. goes, that this is an excellent example. Uh, it's not reinventing the wheel. Mm -hmm. It is definitely taking its uh, it's taken its lead from Dunge the original Dungeon Master, which I doubt you've played, but it was a pretty famous game. It's on multiple systems. Uh, uh, I like the armor setup. I like the fact that you're making your own characters and stuff. That's all neat. Now. What does that do against you? That that prohibits you from any sort of storyline that could be that could be given out even in text form. Well, whenever no. I whenever I have something like this, uh, whenever I have to create a character at the beginning of the game, I'm always wondering in the back of my mind, well, am I sucking because I didn't put all my stats in the right place? You know exactly well, how does this affect I'll, this? That's something else I, I, we should go into the stats. I think I believe you have uh, you have quite a few points to throw around. Yeah, you've got actually. twenty points, I think. And um, I love games that let you tweak your stats because there's a replay value there. Mm -hmm. And plus, uh, it's fun to have a character that has a flaw, for example. Sure. And I do it in D and D almost every time I play. I have a guy who's got one real low stack because it's kind of makes it it gives a little flavor. Yeah. One thing I liked about it is since I got to go in and pick my players' look and their name, is it helped me remember what they do because mm -hmm. it's not really visually shown. It when, at a glance, sure. And so I could it helped me because I could associate somebody. With I used them. to do that with role playing games. I did that with Final <laughs> Fantasy. I'd name my fighter fighter. Well, I named my characters <laughs> D and D characters I had of that class. Okay, okay. And that's how I, that's how I remember. Did you have any K bar? I didn't have no K bar. Was in Werewolf, oh, so okay. no, we didn't have any K bar. But uh, uh, it, it, it that helped me. Uh, the I, like I said, it looked good. And as I watched, like I said, I only got to the second level. As I looked at people playing this. And we should mention that the levels have traps, mm -hmm. the levels have monsters, the levels have treasure, the levels also have puzzles mm -hmm. that you have to solve. And there's also the levels, some of the levels will have multiple levels on the level. There are pits, for example, you know, uh, and it, that makes it interesting. There's also, we should mention that they're much like in Dungeons and Dragons, you can sleep and you can have, you can rememorize spells. And so they took quite a bit of the of the rule set for Dungeons and Dragons and put it into this game. It's not like a, it's not, you know, point for point. But I think that people, I think that uh, the, the people that made this game really had a great respect for Dungeons and Dragons and they wanted to do everything they could to translate that into video games. Sure. And uh, another thing I like is the spell book. You have multiple, you have level, layer, uh, 
your spells have different levels, which mm -hmm. is just the same. You can flip through the book. Yeah, I thought that was a neat touch that you actually flip through a real book. Yeah, that's, I think that cool. I like that. Um, they I, there were some things I didn't quite understand uh, that I never you know that I just didn't feel like I had this one of those games. You really had to take some time, and I will say this game has a rep for being a difficult game. Uh, and so, uh, and it was. Yeah, and it's a, it's a double whammy for me because I could tell that it was a game you have to put a lot of time into, and it's also like one of my least favorite <laughs> genres well, of I, game to do. Listen, so. I've been there too. I mean, when we did Sim Earth or was it Sim Life? Sim Life. I was like, man, this is gonna suck. And I ended up putting a lot more time into it than I thought because mm -hmm. I got into it. Yeah. But yeah. at first, I was like, oh man, this is gonna be a real tough one to dredge through because it's just not my bag. Yeah. So I understand fully understand what you're saying. But this game was enough like other games I've played where it wasn't a huge stretch for me mm -hmm. to get into it. Overall, I mean, there are things I like, there are things I don't like. I, I don't, I wish, I know, I know this having a spell to auto map is cute, but I'd really have a proper auto map. What I'd like to have is a map where I could take my mouse and put it over a place I've already been and it would just take me there. Yeah, so or you know, you know what I'd like is pressing M on the keyboard and that map popping up just <clears> right <throat> off the bat, yeah. you know. Yeah, that, those are things you take for granted now, but at the time, like that was pretty revolutionary. Sure. Uh, I could do without the drinking and eating. I've never liked that in these games. Mm -hmm. I know it's one thing if you. I just don't like it. I mean, I know you need it to survive, but it's just a hassle. I don't like having to keep up with that stuff. I just want to go and kill. I don't want to think. You know, I want basically this. I want this, but I want gauntlet. Mm -hmm. You just go around and crush things. And they're like, "Elf needs food badly." I just run over right. some food. <laughs> and I don't have to actually think about it. Uh, but overall, I was I was very impressed with this game. And you can definitely see how this team could go in and do other stuff. I'm sorry you didn't like it uh, because I think there's I think there's a lot of good game here. I think it's I mean you can't go against your nature and it's not the kind of game you like. But I actually yeah, and, it, and I have no I have no qualms about the game itself at all. Like I think for what this is doing, it, I'd be hard pressed to come up with a, a different way to do things for the time that this game was made. Yeah, for sure. And and the thing is, there are clues in the game. For example, like I didn't know this at the time. Like for example, the, the guy I couldn't kill. There's a, there, you, I looked, I looked it up, and there's a scroll. It says, it, it sort of tells you what to do, where mm -hmm. to go to get to get what you need. You know, so it's not like they just throw you in there blind. There was some planning. I said these guys. These guys were DMs. They wrote this thing, so yeah. it was written for someone who knew how to develop a and level. And this is also, you know, this is this was written in a time when you would get you would get the game, and it would come with the big manual, and you'd pour over that manual. You know, you'd really soak in the lore. So when you dropped yourself in here, you really felt like you were part of the world. And it's just harder to do that when you've got a PDF <clears throat> on a computer screen. I'm going to give it some other props. Uh, it allowed you to install it on the hard drive. Oh, that's good. Which is a big, that's always a big help when you can do that. Uh, like I said, it never got another, uh, another port, but what it did have is I was reading some forums, I was doing research. Apparently, there was a PC demo of this game, a PC version, uh, and a, a playable, and it works. And I don't, I don't know how much of the game was there, but apparently it was a release demo. But as from, what, from what I could tell, they never finished the full conversion of the game. So, things that could have been but aren't. Now, there's uh, some sort of software out there that people were talking I think it's called Grimlock, that I guess you could, you can enter, uh, you can enter games into it, older games somehow, and it basically play them in it. I don't know, it's probably like a, it's probably some kind of tile set, make your own games, I think. But anyway, if they, someone has made a game, has made this game for that format. So, if you, if you Google that, you'll probably better find it if you want to play this on the PC. Or play it in a more modern way. Uh, the uh, demo for this that was done was in OpenGL, so they had really converted over. But I guess they just gave up on it. I'm kind of surprised. I don't know. Maybe I'm not because what made this game unique and interesting on the Amiga was it's the fact that it was unique at the time. But these games, the games like this, uh, became a lot more widespread for the time that they were pertinent for, for the time that they were. Uh, they were ahead of the curve before stuff like Doom came in. I was going to say, you know, <sighs> was this one of the the final uh, these type of games? You know, these uh, sort of single frame oh, advancing. No, no, it was definitely not the, one of the final ones. I mean, like you said, I mean, even before Dungeon Master, I remember playing a game on the Coco. I like saw Dungeons of Dargoth, where it was the same sort of uh, uh, you know walk a square, walk mm -hmm. a square. So these things. This was not uh, anything new or great. Right. What, what I mean was, but was this there were one games of the, that, like, yeah. there, you know, there, there were games that came after this, and like Isle of Beholder had a sequel, for example, that you would have came after this. Uh, but there was a window where those games came and went. Mm -hmm. And then when, and when, uh, I, and I, it's funny, I can picture games like this being in production, uh, and then all of a sudden, 
here comes like Doom or even like an Ultima Underworld where you're just like, oh, well, cancel game. <laughs> We're boned. This is out, you know, yeah. and then you're screwed, you know. So um, I uh, looked this thing up. This thing actually got more reviews than any game I've ever seen, ever. This thing was, re- they reviewed the hell out of this. <clears throat> I should mention uh, Black Crypt was nominated for Game of the Year in the arcade adventure category and won the Super Accolade Award from Meek Action Magazine. And it's, uh, it, they, according to this, this is regarded as one of the top 100 Meek games of all time. It got a, uh, a ton of praise. I'll go down the list here. The Amiga, the Lemon score on this thing, very lofty, very heady area of 8.39, mm-hmm. a very high score. Um, Amiga Action gave it a 93. Uh, Amiga Format gave it a 78. So there were a little bit off the board. Amiga Computer gave it an 85. Amiga Joker, 83. Um, a lot of 70s, 80s, and 90s. So this was sort of all over the map, uh, really. It's look, you look at these scores, and it's kind of surprising. Like, here, here's another one. The one for Amiga in 92 gave this a 92%, which I think that's a pretty fair score. Sure. In 94, the same magazine gave it a 69. <clears throat> so I don't know what happened. Doom happened. That's what happened. Listen, you don't drop this, but I mean, it's a different type of game. Now, I looked this up on eBay, and actually, the only copies I found were in the U.S. and Germany. You can get a box copy of this in the United States for 50 bucks or best offer, and in Germany, I saw it for $40. So, it's out there. Um, it's a, it is a beautiful game. It's got good, like I said, I like the sound. I like the visuals. If, if you play it within the context of the time it was released and understand why it was the way it was, I think you can have fun with it. Uh, if it's not your bag, like it's not Boat's bag, you're probably not going to like it. Yeah. I like it. I'll go back to it. Uh, I've got this. I will say the company has a working uh, version of this, so I get to play it a little bit at work this week. And I played it quite a bit there. And I also put it on the on the Amiga, and it was uh, it plays well. It, it, I had a good time with it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so that's another avenue if you want to if you want to play with that. I hadn't installed the hard go through the hard drive setup or anything. Aaron, the holidays are coming. Oh yeah. Have you heard about that? Have you heard about the holidays, yes. the Christmas? My wallet's heard about them. <laughs> it's screaming. To, no. Um, you know, one great one great gift idea. If, if, if you've got somebody in your life that really loves the Amiga, you might want to give them a t-shirt from the Amiga's retro gaming store over at Teespring. Aaron, we got shirts to beat the band. We got an Amiga Workbench 1.3 shirt that will blow your mind. It might not blow your mind. It's um, blowing it right now. <laughs> uh, we've got a Guru Meditation shirt. If you want to get on board with the Amigos uh, supporter shirt, we've got that in both t-shirt and hoodie form. Nice. Um, we've even got the Boing Ball shirt, an exclusive. The Amiga Boing Ball shirt over at uh, Teespring. So you can head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash Amigos Retro Gaming. That's Amigos hyphen retro hyphen gaming because I really know how to make a good URL. Nice. Um, And uh, you can get yourself or your loved ones a a wonderful Amiga T for this Christmas. Yeah, they're good quality, man. I got a couple of these bad boys and they're still rocking. They look good, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron. Uh, last week, the Patreon song challenge. Uh, we went we went a little high class. Um, last week, the song was um, it was Rondo by Murray. Rondo by Murray. Now you might recognize that as the theme from Masterpiece Theater. Did you ever watch any of the old <laughs> Masterpiece <laughs> Theaters? <laughs> Is that what you were That's saying? That's what I was singing. Wow. You got it. You got it. Yeah, so, I used to watch Masterpiece Theater. What was that fellow's name that hosted? Do you remember? Um, that was uh, Don Cornelius. <laughs> no. That would have changed the flavor. <laughs> so, uh, Ricky DeRocher wrote in and he said he, he got the correct answer right off the bat, I may add. And he said this was also used in several Amiga games. It was used as the theme for the English Civilization and Civilization. It was used as the opening title for both winter games and world games as background music when you view the world record screen. Hmm. 
Um, and so, uh, yeah, thanks for that, Ricky. And Anthony, Anthony, he is uh, he's GCSE in music. What do you think about that, Biznatch? Mm. Yeah, pretty good, right? So he you knows. You got me in mid booze. He knows what's up, and mm-hmm. after several, almost he knew it was he knew it was Murray, yeah. and he went through every Murray tune in the book until he finally landed on Rondo. Who wouldn't? But in his defense, he said that uh, Masterpiece Theater never aired in Brit- in Britain. Because that was our excuse to play their shows here. I see. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, congratulations to both of you guys. That was not an easy tune to get. How old are you, by the way? Masterpiece Theater hasn't been on the air for decades. I, I am 650 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we go with the new theme. The new, the new theme? The new theme. This is the new Amigos theme. If you know the Patreon song for this week, you can send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com and, uh, and I will announce you among the winners. So here we go. One, two, one, two, three, four. Tim Drew, Daniel Williams, Robert Edgerton, Simon Rose. That was just the intro. And okay, here's where the verse starts. Joseph Harrison, Kyle Letter, Rob O'Hara. Howard Nims, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Sean Zodera, Lomax, Colin419, Bach, Mid, Roland, Burke, Andrew Mungs, Joe the Zombie, John Cook, Dan Ross, Leaf, Killon, Alan Kebab, Chicote, Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perone, Ricky DeRosha, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy CT, The Slow Norris, Stafford, Sir Gart Mortensen, Edvin Helland, Blendo 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foltz, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux, Graham Vebke, Brand Dowdy, Lane Denson, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Huckersey, Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Alan Kebab, Anthony Jarvis, Tapes from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim, Tommy Humberstad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Woods, Pixels of Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. I saw you looking at your watch. Do you disdain the number of people that financially support this show? No. Are you saying that it bores you as I read their names? Got a mole right there. I see. I, no, see. I don't have a watch. I'll keep that in mind when I when at our next stakeholder don't, don't meeting. A, don't have a watch. You see? I thought that was lovely. Boat. Boat is it? Yeah. Boat's good. Next week, Aaron, we're going to take a look at an entirely different game, an entirely different genre. Okay. We're going to dive deep, but in do. a different way. Uh, we're going to dive deep into the ocean. All right. Silent Service 2, Aaron. Oh, jeez. Silent Service 2. Okay. Yeah. I've never played the sequel, I'd say. So we're going to give it a go. Uh, as always, you can check out the show. We record live every Friday around 5.30-ish, unless we don't. Um, you can join the party over in the uh, YouTube chat, along with uh, Pixels at Dawn, Ricky DeRocher, Edvin Helland, Free Lunch, Yosef Salim, <laughs> uh, Paul Harrington's over there, Amiga Dude Furia, so uh, Duncan Styles. you can join the party. There's always uh, a lot of action going on in the chat during the Amiga show. Amiga Dude Furia. Yeah, that's right. That's I like right. that. Um, and as always, uh, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, and check out all of the long-form articles over to everythingamiga.com. Uh, guys, thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. Until then... Adios. Adios.